Welcome to the We Are Live Fancast. And now, your hosts, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 32 of the We're Live Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Live audio drama. I'm Mick. And I'm Redbeard. And just a spoiler warning, we'll be covering uh, chapter 43, part 2, The Darkness Ahead, dot dot dot, gathering supplies. Gathering resources, right? Was it gathering resources? Yeah, I think so. Spoiler. Let me double check. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, spoiler. I was gonna go back and look at that. (laughs) Yeah, gathering resources. That's Ooh. right. What the heck? Who knows? Hold on one second. Penny Dog wants in. Penny Dog. All right, great. She's been out in the green room waiting to get on the show. Second biggest fan next to Adam. Yes. Adam loves Penny Dog. I, that's the whole reason <laughs> I did the shout out just now. Yeah. And happy oh, birthday, Adam. Happy birthday, Adam. All right. Want to jump into corrections? Unless you have any other intro bits first. Mm, no, I don't. Right, we got a bunch. Casey uh, tweeted us well, as he live listened again. Thank you for that. And he said, listening now, I don't intentionally misdirect anyone. I try to keep them uh, more on target. Sometimes my verbiage is vague because there are some things I want listeners to figure out. So but he's saying that to, I think you had said something about, yeah, he says that, but... Okay, and about ink at the end of... At the end of, what was it, chapter 42, I think? Or maybe in the middle of chapter 42. Whenever Puck was recounting his story about the stinking jail, he said, yep, he turned the corner, ink didn't go back into the jail. Yeah, I went back and listened to that. I I, I caught that before he started tweeting. Also, he mentioned that it was not a Quindar tone on the microphone. It was feedback. Thanks for clearing that up. Use Quindar next time. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sputnik! Uh, <laughs> one small step. Uh, so he says, yeah, CJ's plan is moved forward quickly due to resources, but also a big portion due to the mental state of the other colonists. So, yeah, Still don't we, like it, but... We haven't heard a whole lot from him, so I guess, you know. Yeah. We're... I'll, just, I'll keep machine gunning these out unless you have something crazy to say about it. No, I'll just I'll... shut up. No, no, it's good. And I'll stop if there's something I need to say about it. Uh, the fresh start is more about finding a place that isn't known by Ink or the Maulers. And the colony has been through a lot. That makes much more sense. And I wasn't smart enough to figure that out, I don't think. Um, the other group's destinations aren't mentioned. And CJ isn't staying at Lake Matthews. She's merely being merely helping transport. Hmm. Not sure how much she's helping. She's overseeing, though. She's, supervision's a main part of that. Yes. <laughs> Michael doesn't ask CJ because everyone else suspects there was something weird between Saul and CJ, but no one brings it up. I'm not letting yeah. up the hook for that one. No, there's a lot of questions that people don't ask about, like what does CJ do before she was, you know, and living in the apocalypse. Right. And also on this on this note, I I totally understand why he doesn't ask because. You know, one of the lay that we've got plenty of drama already. It's just, I don't know. It's it's just kind of weird that he doesn't do it. 
And also, he mentions CJ has Michael talk to Tanya about the medical supplies because she's learned that they listen to Michael more than her. I can see that, too. I actually should have said something because I thought that last week, but I didn't think it when we were recording. So what I heard was it was Michael's fault for not uh, telling people about the plan. Huh? <laughs> I, I still didn't answer why people are making medical decisions whenever they're not the medical professionals. Right, but I guess he's just clearing up that, yes, he had Michael talk to her because she would listen to him. But, yeah, that's the the main problem was that Tanya should have been one that had the most uh, influence in that input. Yes. I see what you're saying. Well, lots of notes today, he said. Hope you don't mind. And I hope you don't mind us taking pot shots at him like we're doing right now. It's, a, it's all good it. fun. Listeners <laughs> should definitely take what you say uh, much greater than our little pot shots back at it, but we're just having fun with it. Thank you and continue. He, say, he continues about the sonogram machine. Imagine you have two discre- distinct groups just grabbing whatever they think they may need. The slight frenzy. So that means Michael defended the frenzy. I could see that. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Casey. That was just for fun. Right. Musical. I think uh, I could see that happening. I remember, you know, any any kind of apocalyptic scenario, people just grabbing things they don't need all the time. All right. No worries. Oh, the fuel tanker. Bert is giving them giving them his supplies and and Riley's also out of guilt. That's his love language. <laughs> it's still a. <laughs> It's still a magic old man handing yes. that stuff out. He he gets more magical during this episode. He does. Correct. The Maulers haven't able haven't been able to hear them since they did the encryption. Okay, cool. Uh, and the next two are a lot of fun. Done and done wasn't from The Simpsons, not from him anyway. But uh, Mister Muirns, uh is very much a Simpsons reference. Somebody caught that. Last week, I forget exactly who it was, but that's amazing. Yeah, I forget who that was. That was pretty funny. It was freaking awesome. Let me, let me. I've got, the, I've got it right here. Let me just bring it up real quick. It was Andrew. Andrew sent an email to me. Good job, Andrew. Nice catch. And confirmed. And he also says it's interesting your take on the relocation plan. Some ideas I don't think we, I think we don't agree on, but that's okay. May make sense later. Cool. And some of them are just, my personal opinion, things you have to do when you're telling a story. And it's just what's going to happen. Some questions aren't going to get asked when you want them to and things like that. And I, I understand it, but since we're talking about it, we might as well try to cover as much as we can of it. Yeah, just got to, I guess it's not going to leave California again. Unless this crazy thing at the end of the story has anything to do with it. They're all going to get on their armada and... <laughs> <laughs> we need to this is how you build a spaceship <laughs> we gotta go to Mars get the Quindar tone so alright iTunes reviews you're gonna love this one Redbeard uh okay so it's by Datu is immune <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they actually made an Apple ID like that I think maybe you can just put a name in there I'm not sure he says a podcast based on a podcast sounds lame Let's admit it. (laughs) But this one pulls it off perfectly. Really enjoy it. Great combos and insights from the host, from the two hosts. 
but what led me to write my first ever podcast review was the interview one of the hosts had with the actor who plays Michael. Simply amazing. Insightful, great questions, and great space to let him answer the questions. And the host knew when to end it. Great job. Looking forward to end it with you guys and whatever else you may do. Uh, peace always, Briab. Like B-R-Y-A-B. Briab? Briab? And he, he gave us five stars and titled that coolness. Thank you. And uh, to the other listeners, it's not Briab. I did not write that. <laughs> as nice as it sounds. So, uh, you know when to end it, huh? That's right. <laughs> Just in time for Lost. Just in time to maybe squeak, squeak out another <laughs> interview with him before the show's over. Yeah, that was that was a good episode. That was, it was a lot Sorry, of Sorry, uh, I, I wish I would have been able to make it. Me too. We could have really held them hostage there. Oh, I had some good questions for him. We'll, we'll talk to him again. Yeah. So, I really haven't had a chance to talk to you about this yet, but uh, I've decided I'm going to take the leap and go on the convoy. Wow. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for you. I I knew you were really, really wanting to do it. <laughs> but we're gonna we're still gonna be doing the the campaign to try and raise money for the trip in general, and we're still gonna try to fly Mick out <laughs> and have uh, emergency funds just in case I have to fly myself back. So when are you when are you leaving? Uh... Because I knew they said they were going to have to push it back to the 15th. I think I'm meeting them the next day in Oklahoma. It's either that or in uh, North Texas. Abilene? Yeah. Because yeah, they're leaving on that Tuesday. And the and thing I'm, happens that Saturday. Right, and I think they're stopping in Oklahoma at, the, at a KOA campground. That'll be fun. So, um, not really sure. I've got a I've really got to sit down and kind of work out the logistics behind that because I, I don't know if um, I may end up renting a car to go meet wherever they're going to be and then hop in. <laughs> I'm not really sure how it's working. I don't I don't know how many vehicles they got and how much room there is or anything like that yet. Very cool. Well, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting and long ride. Entertaining. Very much so. If nothing else, I'm a designated driver. There's there's no doubt it's going to be fun. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's all I got in the news. That's pretty big news, man. I'm excited for you. I've known that you've been really wanting to do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, the camping in the desert. I think that's going to be awesome. I knew a guy that camped in the desert. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He did not look very good. Wait, What? <laughs> Well, actually, he just, like camping in the desert, we were uh, supposed to be doing computer school in 29 Palms, California, and he just one day had enough and walked off into the desert. Uh, so that's not really camping. I saw him, <laughs> saw him a couple weeks later, and he'd been in the desert like a week, and then he somehow got a hold of his sister, and she came and picked him up. And he was still, he was he had a shaved head too. So, I mean, he was, he really? looked like, yeah, he was, his head was peeling so bad. I don't know what was going on with that dude's, what he was thinking. But 
we had a guy desert during basic training and like climbed out with bed sheets the whole nine yards. Man, yeah, this dude deserted into the desert. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> it was not tasty. No. <laughs> Although you do have to go up Sugar Cookie uh Hill to get out of there, so what's Sugar Cookie Hill? That's just what they called this thing. I don't know why. But I hated hearing we're going to Sugar Cookie because we'd go run these hills out in the desert. Oh. And it was like really, really deep sand going up going up a hill. As you can oh, imagine, it's not that much fun. Sounds terrible. Once you got up there though, I really enjoyed running up there. But getting up there and coming down wasn't as much fun. Hmm. Fun when you're a kid, not so fun when you're tired from running for so long. <laughs> cool, man. You got anything else before we move into the scene by scene or the synopsis, really? No, no. That's all for me. Okay. Who's going to kick this bucket? Who's going to kick this bucket? <laughs> you want me to do this uh, part? I could go to my first point if you'd like. Sure, go to your first point. Sure. Uh, well, we start off, of course, in the Kane Hospital with Saul, Bert, and Riley, where they kind of left off last episode with them going to go look at some, look for some medical supplies. And the first thing I wanted to to cover here was uh, Bert wants to know in advance about the wedding. I thought that was kind of funny. Thought that was a lot of fun. So good old softy Bert. Right. He hasn't been in touch for all this time, but now he's you know he's back and he's. At least he's going to stay in touch this time, so that's I think that's pretty cool. Did you catch Tammy Klein's nod to Osiris? I did, Roger Dodger. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't catch, didn't even think about it being Tammy Klein saying it, because I know that they're you know friends and all that. All I thought was, I wonder if Casey wrote that for, for him, but no, I could totally see her slipping that in there. I'm sure that was totally her. Too cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you wrote it down. I I was t- I typed it out and then I took it out because I was like maybe I'm just making too much out of it. Uh no, I think somebody else caught it on the forums too. But I made a note of it the first listen through. I was like, holy crap, she did that. Right. Cool. You have any notes around that area? Um, that they started talking about the their fire department they were living in. That sounds like a pretty cush place. It's magical. <laughs> I guess Bert is Bert the resourceful now. He's just got a drill on him. He's talking, they're talking about rabbits and chickens, and he's working on a zombie truck. Yes, the Bert mobile. I mean, so far it sounds like life is really good for them. I would enjoy that a lot more than the colony. It sounds yeah, and if it holds true that people don't get attacked in small groups as much as the big groups do, they they could be living the high life for a long time. Now, I did see a comment, and I don't, I'm not bashing on the guy that wrote it, I promise. Um, let me find it real quick. Uh, a comment like a forum post or something? Well, they were talking about rabbits. Okay, so Tactical GHP says rabbits are tasty as long as that is not all you eat. He says you can actually starve yourself to death just eating rabbit. It's, all, it's also called protein poisoning. Good thing they have chickens. Well, this is a... I don't know how many other people are thinking this because this is a common misconception that goes around. It's this is not true. Um, there, there were some people, I guess, up in some mountains during the winter that were eating rabbit throughout the winter, and they ended up dying of starvation, uh, which is the opposite of protein poisoning. 
The starvation was because there was no nutritional value in the rabbits because the rabbits were also starving. So, huh. yeah, they call it... Uh, okay, so Bert must be feeding these animals very well. He doesn't even mention he's got to get back and feed them. Yeah, he does actually mention it. So they, as long as he's feeding them, he should be okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what the protein poisoning is. I mean, you have to eat a ton of protein before you start having some serious issues. So I don't think that's going to be the case either. Very interesting. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll I want to look into that. I've heard that I've heard people that uh, raise rabbits for that sort of thing. I mean, well, prior to World War II and World War One, it was a common staple diet. Uh, during World War II, I think it was a really popular thing in Southern California to have rabbits for uh, meat. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess. Here in the South, um, one of the bigger ones, well, it was everywhere. I mean, but the one of the bigger meats here in the South was squirrel. Mrs. Mick has a family, older family, that lived in California uh, during that time. I, I might talk to her about that, see if she has any information. Cool. Okay. Uh, the next thing, as I mentioned... The Burtmobile, this is freaking too cool, crazy, sweet truck with barbed wire and spikes. <laughs> what? I wonder what kind of truck it is. I'm picturing like a Marty's truck in Back to the Future, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah, like a Suburban or... Yeah, that'd be Tahoe. even better if it's more people in it. Yeah. And he, what he was just saying, he said you get, you'll get cut just by looking at it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's also got a bunch of games. Like he's talking about all you know, got everything from Game Boy on, which uh, Saul likes to hear about. He even wants to have basically a slumber party over there. <laughs> so I'm in. No, I thought it was interesting that he didn't want. He wasn't like exactly happy about Riley telling Saul where they were living. He's just. I mean. I don't know. I, I I just think I don't think there's anything wrong with him wanting to keep information to himself. Yeah, I I guess I kind of see it. I'd see it more of a risk them knowing where Dunbar and the colony is, more so than they knowing where Bert and Riley are. Right. You can't help that. They already they already know that. You can't make them forget it. Right, and Scratch is not exactly looking for them. She's got one person on her mind. She's kind of got a narrow focus at the moment. Yes, it seems like it more and more. Yeah. So they found some antibiotics, and I thought this was really funny. At first, I thought it was really uh, was going to mean something. and they, they called it spiromycin. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and I was like, what is this? You know, thinking we're going to be doing the chemical Googling like we were before. thought so, too. I'd already started on it. I paused the, the podcast, went and looked it up. Right. Same here. <laughs> and do you remember when the live stream somebody mentioned toxoplasmosis? Yeah. <laughs> and I forget, was it the thing about the cats and the kitty litter and rats? Was it rats not being scared of cats? Right, the rats will actually go up and cuddle with cats and even just weird stuff. And how are they applying this to the zombie thing here? Uh, because it's one of those zombie-type theories, kind of like how uh, 
Oh, man. Now I'm feeling stupid. Uh, the ants. What's the... Something acid. What is it? Formic? Yeah, formic acid. It's along those same lines. Like, the... Uh, it, it makes people not afraid of things they should be afraid of, supposedly. We know it is that way in rats, but I don't know. Well, so this spiromycin treats toxoplasmosis. And at first I was thinking, oh, what is this, you know, something to do with, <laughs> this, you know, the, <laughs> maybe somebody's onto, onto something with this. And then I started thinking, this is probably an epic troll by Casey to plant this name here. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, that's a hit. That's a nod. That's got to be. Right. <laughs> it was just. I love it. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So they stocked up on that. Did they? I don't know if they got that. I know they got a bunch of antibiotics. Yeah, they got a bunch of antibiotics. They, they, there were several bottles of stuff. Right. They didn't go naming off everything. Right. I thought he left that there, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. Grab everything. Don't. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he took it. Never mind. I almost did a Walking Dead spoiler. Ah. Never mind. Ah. So, I thought it was interesting that next we had uh, an entry from Riley's journal. Me too. I didn't know what to make of that. Especially since they haven't been keeping journals. Well, I guess they haven't. I guess they have. I wasn't that excited. I mean, I was very excited to hear Claire Doden and to hear Riley talk, and then I started thinking, this is weird. Why is... They haven't been keeping a journal. What's going on? I think it was just to... So we could hear her some. Well, I think they have been keeping journals. Maybe not so much Bert, but I could see Riley keeping it up. Alrighty. My first so there, note, oh, go ahead. My first note here is uh, while they're talking about loading the equipment to try to get it downstairs, they're grabbing another ultrasound machine. That's yeah, this good. thing's like huge compared to the other one. Yeah. The other one I thought was just a sonogram, and the ultrasound is, I think those are very different things. Somebody that knows probably is thinking, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> They're very different, but yeah. Now you say that. Uh, hold on, I'm going to look it up. Cool. And while he's checking that out, Riley finds the way to the roof. It's just this stairwell, which they couldn't find before. I wonder if that's going to come back into... Uh, I wonder if they're going to have to go back here and we're going to see them have to go to the roof that way. That'll be interesting. Uh, I didn't make a note to say anything about this, but I feel like I need to... Uh, they mentioned something about somebody being in SWAT at Dunbar, and they had a whole bunch of riot gear. And uh, Bert mentioned something about he, uh, to along the lines of, "Are you sure this wasn't CJ, and that she wasn't in SWAT?" And and Saul's like, "You know what? I guess it just doesn't matter. You know, Vic was a broker, and I, and other stuff like that." But okay, so I found it. You did. A sonogram is the image generated. But the ultrasound is the machine. Oh, and is also the sound with a that defines the frequency range. Ultrasound is the sound. Yeah, and sonogram is the image. Right. Created by the ultrasound. Right. So if we take the album art and do an ultrasound on it, (laughs) (laughs) or if we listen to the audio with an ultrasound machine, we're going (laughs) to see the album art. Yes. Okay. This whole thing's being led by dolphins. <laughs> uh, 
Toxoplasmastic dolphins. Yep. Well, did you hear? You've heard about the the seals that have the. Uh, I don't know if it's a bacterial infection or a viral infection. I'm not really sure, but they uh, it messes with their their directional sense, and they've been finding them miles from the coast. They found one recently wandering off in the woods. What like, messes with it? Uh, it a some kind of viral or bacterial infection. I can't remember oh, something yeah. in the ocean, and. Uh, they find the seals inside of the. Uh, they found one on like along a side of highway, miles away from the coast. With his thumb out. Yeah, yeah, hitchhiking. <laughs> they found another one in the woods. Uh, I think it was three miles away from the coast or something like that. Which seems odd. Yep, just sounds like a sick, out of its mind creature. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. The, huh? the 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 theory behind it is that the. Uh, I guess it's a. I don't know, the virus or whatever that's, or if it's a parasite, is actually controlling where it goes. Mm. I don't know. There, there was a, I watched a show about zombie theories and it was on there. Cool. Craziness. Let's see, I have, what is this? So Bert has a, Bert has a goat pet that he named Dog. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. It, it reminds me of our little hobbit friend. <laughs> he had a dog named Dog. Did he? Yeah. I was wondering if uh, this is a nod to Half-Life 2. If Casey's a big fan of that. There's a big robot in that game named Dog. That was the first thing I thought about. Whenever they had a goat named Dog. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Bert got all bad. Mm-hmm. Dog's not for eating. I wonder how many more jokes they're going to get out of this. <laughs> Totes my goats. Totes my goats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my next note I have is about this. They're, as they're you know, get, making their way downstairs, they hear that creature outside. The tatted behemoth. Yeah, he calls him a behemoth. Huge, gigantic thing. And I'm just, I can picture it. He describes it so well. I can picture the rain pouring off this gigantic behemoth looking thing with large bulges like trunks of tree bark sticking out of it. Yeah, the first thing I thought about was the guy that uh was he in India that has the uh the warts? Yeah, me too. Me too. That's what I was thinking about and that and that I guess skipping ahead a little bit, they talk about the keratin growth and, and I think that's what that is, but I'm not sure. Um Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if uh, warts are caused by the keratin growth. Right. It's just, yeah. But My 10 seconds of research on Google, that's, that's all I saw, was somebody's hands that looked like they were covered in those warts, but those warts looked like tree bark. Well, then, then Tanya said something about it sounded like the one that Puck described. They had the bone or the teeth growing out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like he had like a cage or not that one. It was the one before that. The one that couldn't hardly see. Right. I don't know. Up. We've got to listen to like the entire series before each show to be able to be caught up on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest thing to take away from this is that this is the first behemoth with tattoos. So if it's a behemoth. 
What's up with that? Well, if that's what they called it. If it's a behemoth. That is what they called it, but I'm I'm wondering if this is like some kind of little one because they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Hmm. And so I don't know if it's a new, exp- you know, a, I guess a experiment we haven't seen before or if it's a little one that's just growing out of control or, yeah, like you said, a mix of the two. Hmm. And they left all the big supplies, he says. And I'm thinking, they only mentioned the ultrasound, so that's probably all we're going to be missing out of this big supply thing. I was wondering if there was something else, because they keep talking, they kept talking about, or it sounded like it was multiple things. Mm-hmm. It did, that's what it sounded like, but they only mentioned the ultrasound, so I'm just I'm simplifying it down for myself, because I was I was worried, oh no, we're missing all this stuff. And then I'm like, we don't even know what they have. Why am I worried about it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Tanya said she remembered seeing something similar to the uh, growth on the uh, behemoth, whatever thing that is. She remembers seeing something similar to how it was described on a rabbit. <laughs> right. To which Bert didn't want to lose his lunch. Yeah. On that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it was neat. I, I'm hoping we find out more information about the hospital because this is where they were down in the basement before and there were the filed nails and the uh, tattoo gun was down there. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this is where the number ones were created. Yeah, and if so, we're probably going to get another trip back to Kane Hospital. Yeah. Well, maybe the... Uh, the anomaly behemoth or whatever the heck he is was uh, one of the failed experiments. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the behemoths that were at the jail. Right. Right. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to find what you were talking about in my notes and I was like, I can't find it. Which one? Uh, you were talking about Tanya, what she said about the rabbits and I was like, why don't I have that here? So I remember, I remember taking it down. This is where they're specifically talking about the keratin growth and uh, tumors. Oh yeah, I, I remember her saw. saying it. I just, I was saying I couldn't. I remember writing it down, and I didn't. I don't have it here for some reason. Oh, oh, okay, got you. Okay, uh, weird thing here, Tanya. They're talking about you know Saul can go back and get this alone without, without Bert, and Tanya says that's fine too. Like, just nonchalantly. And I'm thinking, there's no way Mama is going to be okay. She's probably thinking, no, yeah, Bert, Bert, stay back. Everybody that we can, go with you to get this. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, I was wondering if she was saying that because she just wanted them away from there, just in case it ended up being like the jail. Right. No, she was saying that he's probably going to wander off. And he can go back later. And when Bert's like, well, I might not go with you. And she's like, that's fine, too. Or, you know, hmm. Saul said, I can go without Bert. And she's like, that's fine, too. Yeah, I don't know. That's a bad idea. Right. <laughs> and it's also, it's just weird for a mom to be like, that's fine, too. That's all I thought. Yeah. but uh, not, Saul, a big, not a big deal. Yeah, no, uh, it's, not a, it's not a plot hole or anything. Um, Saul was saying he needed a ride back to Dunbar. And Bert said he could take him there on his way back to the fire station. So I was I was looking at the map to try to see where this would line up. 
And I was there's a uh, there's fire stations on either side of Huntington Park, and so I was wondering if it was one of those. Hmm. How far away is Hunting Huntington from Liberty? Uh, you would ask that. Dang it, sixteen miles. Okay. It's just it's further south. Interesting. My bad. So, I thought there, it was like something. When I asked that, I thought it was like you know in the general area. I wasn't. Trying to make you look it up. No, no, it's all good. I was curious. So there's no telling, though. I mean, there's. It's not like there's just one or two fire stations in that area. There's tons. <laughs> so they're also picking up Tanya on the way. Where where she wanting to go to the colony? I think I picked up that she's at the colony, wanting to go to Dunbar. Ah, okay, okay. Because that is a longer drive. Because she was there with, with pegs, pelican pegs. <laughs> and I uh, was ready to get out of there after nobody listened to her wise opinion about what medical supplies oh okay I thought you were saying Pegs had a wise opinion huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah we got a transition going to the next scene uh, with the guitar playing again and a couple of random piano notes thrown in sounded really neat it did I almost made a note of it myself so we're back at the mill in this next scene. And so it's uh, Victor, Michael, Max, Pete, and Datsu's running around somewhere with Hope. Yeah. And so they took Hope to the pump for some reason. That, yeah, I guess just to have some extra time with Datsu. Right. But before we even get to that, Victor's trying to talk Michael out of continuing his little investigation into ink. And I know it's, I think he's trying to help Michael kind of preserve his, well, life and his mental stability in general. But um, it's just little things like this. I keep waiting on someone. I'm not saying anybody in general, because I, like, I don't think Bert's really going to betray the group, and I don't think Victor really is either. But I keep waiting for some kind of betrayal. And I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> mm. yeah. I would say it's Max or Pete, but I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I'm just making it simple. Didn't pack as much punch with those guys. No, it doesn't. It, w- it would be a lot more dramatic if it was Pegs. <laughs> it would. She's been the evil villain all along. Yes. Her and Scratch are sisters. Oh. What? Hmm. No. <laughs> prodigal pigs. Yep, prodigal pigs. <laughs> wow. We got the cursed the cursed Matagun. I got that. That was that's crazy. <laughs> but it, it it does have a stigma against it now. It never needed to be the end all be all weapon. No. But it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh Pete's hand got pinched. Too bad it wasn't his mouth. <laughs> dude, yeah, that dude is... He's He's got a bad attitude. Terrible. Like, where you been when other things needed fixing? Right. And I don't know. That's all I had to really say about... That's all I got to say about that. Uh, but apparently Hope can see to no fanfare. And I guess that doesn't really bother me. And I'm I'm thinking that Casey just trusted the audience to figure it out. 
this time instead of spelling it out in the journal or something? Yeah, that's why I gathered too. Because I, I mean, figures that it's not been that big of a deal. It was very clear <laughs> by when he said, uh, "Let's see, let me pull it out here." By when they say Hope walked away slowly, looked back, looking back several times. So, and plus she's been she was walking around talking to different people. So I, I guess she can see, and that's great. So that surgery worked. Last we knew, she could barely see. Maybe lights a little bit after the surgery earlier. But now it looks like she's walking around and looking around and seeing people from the distance and things. It's pretty awesome for her. Yes. She was getting kind of depressed in a really bad way there for a while. Right. So, even though she's got that good thing going, she's, you know, getting beat up from the other end, losing Datu. Or so they think. Yeah, she thinks she might. We don't think that. So Datu and Hope are saying their goodbyes. A little heartfelt moment. That was sweet. I don't know. It left yeah. it left some to be desired if it was to be a final goodbye. So I don't think it's going to be a final goodbye. I don't think it is either. Well, that and I think it's kind of uh, overshadowed by man tears. Yeah, man muscle man tears. Yeah. But, uh, yeah... So shortly after their little guy, good, after their goodbyes are done, Michael calls Datu over to do some more of the blood test. So this is the first time we've heard them doing the test in a little while, and I was beginning to wonder if it was still happening. Right. And how about that sound effect when he pulled the cheek bandage out and away? What, Casey, what was that? Where, how did you make that sound? It sounded <laughs> gross. Oh, man. I have to go back and listen to it again. And then, are we ready for it? Are we? Are we ready for the last part? We are. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, we've got ourselves another mystery on our hands. More than just uh, the, pos- the tattooed behemoth that we saw earlier. We've got this note that they found in William Isaac Roberts' uh Office back at Radon Labs, right? That's that's what the yeah. what we're assuming he read. Right there, it's the one that they keep referring to as the list. Yes, and nobody can make it out. Well, we know what's on this list, but Datu can see it, and he immediately knows there's something written there, and he starts trying to read it. When Michael, you know, sees what he's doing, it's like, you know, what are you doing or whatever, and Datu's like, oh, you can't read this. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that his head. His head started hurting. Yeah, that's the questions I have. You know, th- did the reading hurt his head? Or is that did it just happen at the same time? Is the writing in Datu's Tagalog language? language? I meant to look up the pronunciation of that. I'm sure I'm killing that. Or is it in zombie language? <laughs> it's funny you say that. I I knew this would be a big topic on the forum, so I went and looked up some of the stuff, the, you know, the, the communication that was going on there. Yeah, what are they saying? Litmaster coined the uh, coined it zombie glyphs. Zombie glyphs. <laughs> so, I, but that's, uh, that's what Tagalog looks like some glyph uh, letters. Well, uh, so this kind of does something crazy, you know. If Ink had this figured out before he turned, then he knew a lot more than. 
Well, like we thought he was behind it before, and then there's been some stuff here recently that kind of shot us away from thinking that he had anything to do with its origination. But he at least knew something about it because these same symbols are what they're using to communicate to some degree, maybe. Right. Well, and, I mean, he could I'll, have been working out of the office still. So you, so it's more than likely it was a project being conducted out of Radon. I'm saying it's possible he could be working out of the office in zombie form. Oh, it just seems kind oh, of that like he a, was already like a sketch. He was already turned before he went to jail. No, I'm saying after he kicked open the doors of that van when he turned, he could from then on still been going back to Radon. But he had the tattoos on him before. What is that? A lot what does of those, that matter with this with this note in particular? How because that, a, a why lot of this, this note have been written after. A lot of the symbols match up to the tattoos that he's got on his on his face and hands and well his body in general. So this note has a lot of those symbols on it. You're saying? Uh, that's what I had the understanding of. Okay. I still don't know why he couldn't have wrote this after. But either way, it, I, I don't think it really matters. Too oh much, no, I think except, he I think he he wrote that after that list in general. I'm just saying that I I think he because of the symbols that are tattooed on him that he knew something was coming. Right. And like I mean that's what I think. I think he held out his arm to and didn't fight so that he could be turned in that van. Yeah, and see uh see uh, tactical JHP on the forum said how did he figure that out? Uh and how you know, and how did he know that how did he how did he remain in control of himself before the outbreak? I don't know. I don't know if he's saying that he was a slow turner or something already. I'm not really hmm. sure. But uh, and I'll just go through some of these. I mean, if it, you got some comments during it. Sure. So Undead Sweeper says, So if Tanya and Saul are unable to read the them, are they okay then? But Tanya, you know, and Tanya has seen them, and I think Saul has too. Because Tanya was, has been processing all the uh, the notes and clue, you know the evidence, so yeah, if they can't read it, does that mean they're okay? Uh, that's a good question. Somebody tweets that in the feedback section, also. Oh, really? Uh, see, Merlin twelve seventy four said the address must be the church. What church? In the artwork. Oh yeah, smooth. And uh, Kate Lero on the forum says, I think he knew something was up. God knows what, but for the precautious sake, uh, he put a little bit of everything on him. Notice there's a little bit of all kinds of stuff all over him, referring to the tattoos. Various religions, science-based drawings, hieroglyphics. I think he took a leap of faith, picked the symbols that meant a leader or an alpha, and went for it. And I thought that was an interesting take, too. It reminded me of uh, uh, The Mummy, when the, the little guy that's Really, you know, he's always going to get, you know, he's trying to trick people out of money. He pulls out all the symbols and he's talking in the language of whatever religion it is until the mummy recognizes him. That's funny. <laughs> Who had the church theory? Uh, Merlin. Merlin. Cool. That's his forum name. Got it. So Casey jumped in on this conversation. And this kind of throws everything off. And this is where, this is kind of what I'm talking about. He's He's crafty. <laughs> but uh, Casey says, I I so want to comment uh, at this point, but I think it's 
I'll just let it play out, and I'll let you figure out as we go. All I'll say is I don't like magic stuff, or telepathy, or hive mind stuff. So then, I don't okay, know... I love that. Uh, because I don't like... I think magic and stuff like this is a cop-out a, a lot of authors use. And it drives me nuts when you read an interesting book, and then at the very end, it's magic that fixes it all of some kind. <laughs> but the, the telepathy thing, that's interesting, too. And or the hive mind. See, that makes that means a lot because that's one that's one of the theories that I think about in my head often is that do these guys all work? Do their brains work? You know, even if it's not on a high consciousness level together, if it's like a low, very low level instinctual hive mind type concept, that's but good it, to know that he doesn't like that. You know, but what I like what I like about this is he says I don't like. This side or the other, but he doesn't say it's not this that or the other. I I take him at his word that he doesn't like <laughs> it, meaning he doesn't want it, and he's not going to use it. Uh, so then you know I'm wondering. So is this a language that they can understand, or you know, it doesn't? I, I don't know why Dachu getting bit would give him a special ability to read a language. That would so, seem to fit under the high under hive mind, you know. Right. So I'm guessing that Datu knows something about this. So if it's not a special sight, I don't know, unless he, you know, it's a genetic ability or to see something that's not there or I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think what connection that ink would have to the Philippines or this Tagalog language. Like this, just go with that for just, just a second. Because that would totally take all this other uh, hive mind weird concepts out of it. Is there right. anything that would lead us to believe that they could have any connection like that? I mean, William Isaac Roberts are automatically, you know, definitely not Filipino. For just a second, let's pretend like this could be Tagalog. Because I think we're being made to think that it's zombie something written on this piece of paper. But if it's Tagalog... What connection would William Isaac Roberts, Inc. have to the Philippines? Pharmaceuticals. For real? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm guessing it's, it's, it's a swag, but, uh, you know, a lot of medical research is taken from plants we don't quite understand, and all they do is synthesize them and make them into what we call prescription drugs. Right. So maybe there's plants in the Philippines that, that company was down there researching. Okay, that's that's a that's possible. I mean, I could see that somehow coming into play. Um, I don't know, but it would make it would make a ton of sense, and we could apply Occam's razor that it would just be well Tagalog. Uh, well, the other side of it is if you just want to look at the whole alpha male genetics, there you know, there's just there's a definite change happening in the host or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, so is there something they can see because of other instincts? You know, like there, you got the heightened sense of smell, you got, you know, different animalistic behaviors that are taking place. It does, does something like that play a role into it? And this is not misdirection because Casey doesn't like that, but you know, um, Okay, so some other ability, like an animalistic uh, level ability. The only problem I have with that 
is that I mean, it, you could go at it one way, one or two ways. So basically, you're saying it's like written in some kind of, and I'm just going to use the word ink that Michael can't see, which would be something biological, and that that would fit that would fit the realm of what we're talking about here. But if it was actually a different language that all of a sudden he can understand, that would be something that would need to be learned and not be uh, necessarily like something he could just pick up because... Yeah, well, the fact that Datsu knew that no one else would know it, and it's not like, oh, you can't see it. No, he says you you wouldn't... You wouldn't understand... What did he say? He, you wouldn't understand it? Right. Or no, you wouldn't be able to read it? He says you just can't read it. It must be something he's familiar with. Right, and I, I think so. It's got to be Tagalog. And it makes sense because why have... I mean. He's Filipino for a reason in this story, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and maybe this is why, to have to have him know this language which might be written down here at this scene. Was he originally supposed to be? We, we've had this good discussion at one point. We found out something about it. I don't remember, honestly. Meh, it doesn't matter. Right. But uh, well, it would. It seems really cool if it was if it, if it was a zombie language that he could just finally understand, which is what I thought of first off. But now that he's saying it's not magic, telepathy, or hive mind, this would think it would be Tagalog. And boy, I, I hope I'm saying that right because I've said it like ten thousand times now. I think it's okay. I, ignorance is uh, forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. It's just ignorant. <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't mind a hive mind. I could see where telepathy could be a kind of a cheap way of doing things, but I, I like the hive mind. Uh, well, it's kind of telepathy too, I guess. Hmm. Well, that that was a a interesting episode. It was. I couldn't find anything else in there that would make me think the darkness ahead. Um. I mean, did you did you see any? Maybe? Yeah, I think it's this is more of an episode that led us to possible answers, but didn't really give us anything this episode, as far as definite answers to questions. There was a lot of stuff in this episode. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you see answers already? Oh no, I was waiting to see what you said. I've got a couple of new questions. What's with the behemoth with tattoos, and why can't da- why can Datu read that thing, Tagalog or zombie writing? Yeah, I mean, I d- I'll definitely got more questions. So I was just kind of curious. Good. I guess maybe hope, a little bit. Hope can see. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hope can see. We kind of know where Bert and Riley are, living with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I also, uh, in one of the te- tweets when they mentioned the goat, all I could think about was the Adam Sandler goat thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Bert's got the hickory stick. <laughs> hey, old man. Got the big hey, day of drinking and beating the crap out of me tomorrow. The hickory stick. Where's that thing at me? <laughs> yeah, regular Roger Stallback there. <laughs> I've got that whole thing memorized. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard when I was like 14 years old. Oh man, children don't listen to that. That's a uh, definitely <laughs> not appropriate. Not, it's a, that's very explicit. Much more so than we're alive. Garaputo. 
Uh, I don't have any other answers so far that I can just recall right off the top. Oh, the baby's doing three weeks. I guess that's very solid. Yeah. The babies always are there when they're due. <laughs> Especially when a vet uh, gives you that prognosis. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I will. I, I will say, vet... nine puppies in there. <laughs> Vets have way more training than your average physician. I know. I can still make a joke every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the dentist being a doctor in the hangover joke. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Whoa, wait, wait. No. <laughs> See, yeah, just like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> what? It's the same uh, thing. Same thing, same thing. Oh, let's see. Um, ready, for, ready to move on to uh, favorite lines? I, I believe so. And I didn't capture this, I, I think, word for word, but basically, this place has Cheetos. I ain't passing it up. <laughs> that that was great. Bert said, I thought about starting the podcast off tonight, chewing on something. Like, just totally smacking <laughs> and eating some potato chips. Crunching. Um, Yeah, it was very uh, informal. I loved it. Wait. When he he said you don't... What did he say about nobody eats dog? Oh, I almost picked that one. (laughs) That was... (laughs) I I, I thought it's a very inside joke. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that was great. (laughs) Hmm. Ratings. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, like I said before, the Puck and uh, what, what is it? Twin Towers Correctional Facility Show is my new five that I rate everything against. And this is a, a four, which is a, you know, I liked it a whole lot. So. Five. Five. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, let's roll my, it on into my, the... My default. <laughs> Give it a five out of five. Although I feel it's a little old doing that now. <laughs> Just like some stale Cheetos, it's still okay. Yeah. So you already mentioned a sound effect that grossed you out. Yeah, that was good. Loved it. Can't wait to listen to this episode in the car because I know I'll catch more. Yeah, listening to it with, you know, different systems, you do catch different things. Yeah, I I have to apologize for the few of the episodes I, I edited because I didn't normalize the volume level. And in the car, like in the headphones and on the laptop, it wasn't bad at all. But I got in the car and it's like every now and then I had to adjust the volume. It was really annoying. I don't know. So, yeah, apologies if that's happened to you. I didn't catch that. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember which episode it was specifically, but yeah, it was kind of driving me up the wall. It's something I don't like about certain podcasts when they get lazy. Yeah, and I felt like I did that. So, well, yeah, mistake is a mistake. Laziness yeah. is a different thing. <laughs> that does something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question of the week time. You got the first one. Oh yes, let me pull it up. What do you think the Chapter 43 artwork means? Uh, Alyssa Uranga says, Redemption for Dot 2. Yeah, Gordon 
says, hmm, Datu is looking strong, not weak. He has a bandage near his elbow, maybe indicating he has been injected with a cure. He is carrying a bludgeoning weapon and looks ready to fight. The hole in, in the chapel that we are looking through could be from a small explosion or behemoth that burst into the wall. Maybe Datsu is going to follow it and kill it for daring to interrupt his prayer of thanks and the, and the sanctity of the chapel. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as it's not a reunion. The Kool-Aid man. Right. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Chris Eid says, not sure about the artwork, but the title's numerous meanings are pretty apparent in this chapter. Yeah, let us know what do you think. Uh, what do you think of the name could mean in all the many different ways it's going to apply? We're having fun doing that ourselves. Uh, Tim said on Facebook says, "I think uh, Data, which he wrote, Data goes rogue. He realizes he's not going to turn, but even though he didn't, he uh, he had gained some of the zombies' attributes like strength. He discovers his newfound strength and goes on zombie witch on a zombie witch hunt, which I would love." That would be amazing. That would be pretty For cool. Datu to have the power of a little one, or just a regular zombie, just even stronger. Uh, and I, I left it dot data because we went back and forth just joking about how I, every time I try to type Datu into my notes, I type in data. And he did it as well. <laughs> Adam tweeted, he knows, he says, I know exactly what it means, but Twitter has a character limit. A picture is a picture is worth a thousand words. <laughs> awesome. Okay, question two of the week, and I just I thought of this because I was having so much fun with the bird's crazy gifts of a gas tanker and a truck full of ammo. What other crazy gifts does Bird have in store for the survivors? Gordon says, scratch his toes. She won't be running anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Mullen says laser-guided shoulder rockets. <laughs> yep. Uh, Chris uh, says his uh, he's going to be the midwife for Lizzie and Saul Jr. while reciting another one of his infamous tuna sandwich stories. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Christensen says cookies, maybe? Or a tuna sandwich? Yummy. Did you, did you have anything for that? Uh, what are the crazy gifts? I did. What was it? Let's see. What do they need? Uh, a cure? He probably has like a fire. I think he's going to give him a fireman that uh, had a past life as a helicopter pilot. That's going to be oh, the gift to Redbeard. Sweet. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> we trained the goat to do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, now, a goat is sustainable for the apocalypse. A cow is not. Right. You gotta let those free roam like the horses in Wyoming. Oh, man. Dog the canned food eater. <laughs> Dog the tin can chewer on her. Yes. He'll eat sheets. <laughs> Goats are great. Alright, so got some tweets from last week about uh, about last week's show, Casey has created a new new storytelling gimmick. Uh, Bert X Makama Makina Machina Makina Makina Bert X Makina. Yeah. What's Makina? Uh, Deus X Makina. It's like a it's a Stephen King ending basically, where like we talked about earlier, 
at the very end, something magic happens, and that was why it all happened. Aha! <laughs> Holly on Twitter says, No! If, if Pegs is in Michael's group, does that mean we have to see her more? Ugh. <laughs> oh, Funky Dung got me. He said, You like the prequels? Those steaming piles of feces? You're dead to me. Hey, what was that? What prequels? The Star Wars prequels. I mentioned last week that I saw the uh, original Star Wars just months before I saw the prequels. Oh, I can't say that anything George Lucas is doing nowadays is worth anything. <laughs> I, I'm, To be honest, I think it's... At first, I was like, why is that franchise being sold to Disney? But now I'm kind of glad that it did. Well, like, they, yeah, they can't possibly screw it up more than it already is. Disney makes good movies, man. I'm pretty happy with what's going on with Marvel at the moment, so hopefully that relationship continues to blossom. Right. And like you said, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter what they do. People, they're never going to hold up to what people saw as children whenever Star Wars reinvented the sci-fi movie. Now, me personally, I think what they did with Star Trek was awesome. I really like Star Trek. It was good. I've never seen the, you know, the original movies, but the new one was good. So, yeah. I mean, I wasn't huge into Star Trek when I was younger either, but I thought that what they did was cool and it was kind of staying on its own. The Star Wars could not stand on its own if you look at those individually. Mm, I don't know. The Expanded Universe fans would disagree with you, I think, but... No, well, yeah, that that's a whole other story entirely. <laughs> uh, Min- okay. Minus, minus, Chewbacca dying from getting crushed by a moon is incredible. So <laughs> that that oh, if, if there's if there's any way for him to go out, that's that's a, or her, that's the way to do it. Right, and case <laughs> point exactly. That's that's what the new Star Wars has to live up to is people's views of these characters that they, that they love so much. Yeah, I don't know. After this week's We're Live, uh, here's some more feedback. Here's an email from Verse. Well, just a quick thought for the show. It was mentioned on the forums, but everyone seemed to overlook it. Vlarkin posted it as I was looking into it. Uh, Datu is from the Philippines, based on his conversation with Samantha. If you look up the Filipino language Tagalog... It looks very much like symbols, very curvy and flowing. Tagalog is a major language where Datu is from. Just my thoughts. Keep up the good work. I read this before we recorded, and that may have seeped into my subconscious when we spoke tonight, but I did not even realize that he said that. Well, and after what Casey said on the forums, I mean, it's almost the only possible reason behind it. Right. But it was good. I mean, he, yeah, he shouldn't even have said anything if it is Tagalog. Yeah, just left it alone? If it's not, it was a clever misdirection. Well, I don't think it's even that. I think he just says stuff to let people kind of come up with different aspects of the story on their own mm-hmm. so we can have these conversations. Well, it's but the end of it is supposed to leave you guessing this. And then if he's saying that basically it can't be any of those other things and then it turns out to be Tagalog. Hmm. I know. If I was him, I I wouldn't be able to hold it 
these all these secrets. So I mean, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Here I was wondering this too, but okay. So Holly said, do you reckon he could read it because he's turning? Uh, Annabelle Metal Three pointed out that does that mean Saul and Tanya won't turn? And so this is kind of you know more of what the conversations going towards in the uh, forums too but I, it doesn't seem to be the case because i don't know i mean that would make ink kind of the central figure as to why this whole thing happened in the first place and it doesn't really nothing else has really seemed to point towards that right i mean he ha- has something to do with it he's he's definitely a source of answers to questions but I don't think he's the person completely responsible for it. Yeah. <laughs> we really have no idea. It could be anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wish. Yeah, I, I love the show. Uh, Annabelle Anibal Hernandez says, LOL, I thought Hope was blind, and it seemed like she wasn't when she was walking away. That's what I'm saying, and if she, it's a clever, a weird choice of words if she still is blind, but I don't think she is. No, I think it's she's healed up from her surgery now and is good to go. So Holly tweets, uh, "Yeah, when when did she become able to see again? I thought the surgery didn't work." That's what they made tried to make us believe. I thought we were we left off with her still being in question, like it wasn't. It hadn't been long enough to know one way or the other that there was, I guess, some possibility that it would be a while before it would be completely regained. Right. Yes. I think, well, her reaction was like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's never going to be any better. And then somebody else was like, well, just give it time, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Adam tweets, loved, loved, loved the part where Bert and Riley were bragging about uh, the Game (laughs) Boys to Saul. That whole scene is rich. Dog the goat. Man, dog is going to help take down ink. I just know it. Or those drugs are really messing with Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to his theory about it being an ODing dream. And the theme for Dog the Bounty Hunter just kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) So Hope left to go back to the colony in Ye Gun Truck. Why do uh, they keep working on Thy Pump? Now that it's hopeless. Ooh. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> and the last one uh, we have is a, it's a tweet from the pizza guy using a long tweeting application. He says, I meant to comment on the conversation between CJ and Michael last week. Some of it, some of it pertains to this week's episode, too. When you were asking why CJ didn't reveal why Vic and Saul were sent to Dunbar, I think it's because it wasn't relative to their part of the story. Saul and Lizzie had the conversation that nothing happened between those two. It probably wouldn't change anything for the colony. The story needs people spread out. Now, while leaving the colony, the original tower group will just stay at Dunbar. And with this week's episode, clearly Hope can see. Uh, But we don't get much payoff, well, other than her last words to Datu. For the listeners, because Hope probably won't be involved much going forward. One last thing, though, or one last thought. The ending to this week's episode is going to lead to some crazy next week and probably next chapter. Sorry for so long. Uh, thanks for a great fan cast. And uh, 
no, thank you. We, we don't we don't mind the longer takes, and that's why we offer Facebook and email if Twitter can't get it done for you. Yeah, you know, this kind of goes into what I was talking about. I don't know if they really do need to split up. Uh, if it's if it's worse the closer you get to L.A., then I'm thinking the opposite is the same. You know, like you get further away from L.A., the calmer it is. The only argument there is Boulder. Well, it only got bad because they were traveling. They brought something from L.A. to Boulder. Remember the zombie that was attached to the helicopter, that mm-hmm. whole thing? Yeah. So if that wasn't the case, I mean, they, it, theoretically, you'd be safer. I mean, like middle America, Nebraska type thing going on. Okay. I don't know. I just, I know that logistically that would be a nightmare to figure out, but they have a helicopter and Pegs is infallible. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. No <laughs> arguments, you know. <laughs> no arguments. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good so i, I got uh here's another little insight from the forums this cat Lero again uh she says you know how they say dogs and cats go off to die alone when they know it's time i get the feeling it's the same for datu at this point <laughs> and this is something i gotta look up but grog posted something on the forums about datu translates to chief have you heard that before? No, and if I have, I don't remember. Okay, so let me try to see if Google, good old Google Translate, will have something on this. Not that it's like perfect or anything. Yeah, but... I don't think Google Translate is good for naming, uh, meaning yeah, name meanings I have though. No idea. Chef de tribu, um, oh, Musulman, Musulman, yeah. Filipino <laughs> to English says Muslim tribal chief. Very interesting. Oh, for some reason mine was uh, translating the French. I guess my cookies still have it saved from whenever I was trying to work on the Claire Doden interview. Sure it was. <laughs> oh, mon ami. <laughs> that was great. So, yeah, I, I was... Uh, so, I think that, you know, there was a talk on the forums about, you know, does... Ink have a special role for Datu if he cha- if it completely turns about him being like a chief among or a leader among some of the zombies. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, but yeah, that's all I got. I wonder, I'm just gonna Google Datu. I don't think I've ever, ever just Googled just plain Datu. Uh, Title for chiefs: Sovereign princes, monarchs of the Visayas, and the Mindanao. Mindano regions of the Philippines. Hmm. So is Datu royalty? <laughs> That'd be a freaking cool. Maybe it's just like a common name over there too, because it maybe means some... that sort of thing. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of from the angle would he have had some formal training that, and that's why he knew the uh, the symbols. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good take. Let's see, uh, Yo- Yukiyoshi Sawada tweets, Crackpot theory, it's not the bite that turns you, it's heightened emotion, Ken Pai. He always puts that at the end of his tweets, but I think it's an anime thing. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, <laughs> it's heightened emotion. Oh man, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Oh, check this out. 
I'm reading the the wiki, so you know it must be 100 percent true. Okay, um, absolutely. That that for the title Datu, proofs of Filipino royalty or nobility must be demonstrated only by blood descendant. That is, one has to have Filipino blood in his veins and must be descendant of ancient Filipino royal or noble families. What does that mean? So, is there a reason he knows some special script? Is it a common thing known, or... Dun, dun, dun. It's not misdirection. <laughs> Next week on We're Alive. <laughs> I can read it, Michael. <laughs> it's because I wasn't training to be a prince. Or a priest. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. It says... It's, it says... It's a dinner order. Foot long... Jalapeno cheese bread. Well, that's that's all I have. We've got we went through the feedback. We've got show coverage. Yeah, and we still managed to get a really long episode. Right. What the? An hour and a half now. We started at like sixteen minutes. It's terrible. I had a lot of good breaks in there though. Yeah. It won't be that bad. Well, cool, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mick Red is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. Walkie dokie. <laughs> Dude. So I, I guess Bert is Bert the Reserve... The, the, Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Guide my eyes out <laughs> from the restroom. <laughs> Kalani taking a big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's like a perfect memory of Kalani. Yes, <laughs> the <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> hey, Tucker. <laughs> freaking awesome. Okay, for some is it my turn? No, my it's turn? my turn. My turn. Your turn. Your turn. My turn, man. Truncate silence. Truncate. I am El Nino. El Nino. Which means the Nino. Yeah. Which is Spanish for the Nino. And happy birthday, Adam. Happy birthday, Adam. I poured over the notes from Datu and Samantha's girl's outline. What she wrote in the back of the journal was filled with lots of holes to fill. What she wrote, she must have done in a hurry. There was something in there about another group of survivors. At least that part was clear. Kalani told us bits and pieces of what he knew, but exactly what happened to them was a big mystery. From what Angel told me and the guy called Skittles, we could link our attacker to the other tower. It sounded like Skittles was there when it went down. 
and was the only one who saw the attack and escaped alive. Saul, Angel, and I sat, waiting for Kalani to come back from the restroom to find out any information.